Good morning to you. It is uh, Monday, August 8th, and um, I hope your weekend was as good as mine. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I had the opportunity, the chance to uh, watch some highlights this morning of the 2021 Purdue football season. And uh, you're like me, you watch that whole season. And uh, the funny thing is, I learned a little bit even watching these highlights for the what? 15th, 20th, 50th time, some of them. And I want to talk a little bit about that and how it plays into the 2022 season and my big takeaways from that. But before I do it, I want to thank our sponsors. Thanks to uh, Martin Vintage, martinvintage.com. Interboiled at checkout for 15% off. Um, Gridiron Metalworks, Interboiled checkout. They're 15% off. And of course, AJ's, eatajs.com. Um, we're getting really close to being on campus. So, uh, Head over to AJ's, uh, grab a pint, uh, grab something to eat. Uh, they won't let you down. EatAJ's.com if you want to pre-order. But, um, okay, so so here are my big thoughts. And this was kind of a uh, seat-of-my-pants type of thing where I was like, okay, I want to um, I want to put together uh, a quick cast. But um, after watching last year's season again uh, through a highlight compilation, I was like, okay, this would be, be a very good idea. And here are a couple things I took away, some big takeaways. One one of the biggest to me, it's funny, um, and you'll remember this, the worst loss of the season uh, was actually a win. When I look back, that Illinois game, again, sticks out so badly. Uh, They Purdue played so badly. The offense was kind of transitioning uh, from Jack Plummer uh, into Aiden O'Connell, trying to figure out its rhythm. Uh, I believe Bell was hurt. Uh, There was a lot happening right then. And Purdue was actually down in the fourth quarter, if you remember. I had forgotten that, uh, but the defense carried them. And that's another thing, a theme that I think we're going to see this year, a a big takeaway that I have after watching uh, those highlights. But some other things that I thought, another big overarching theme of last season was Purdue's ability to have the next man up do big things, whether it was uh, Milton Wright coming in doing something incredible or uh, Aiden O'Connell stepping in for Plummer when Brom figured out, okay, this isn't the guy should be starting uh, and happened all year on defense as well when Trice went down. Uh, you had Jefferson and Brown step up. The idea that Purdue had guys in the program ready to play is really a much bigger deal than I think we might be giving credit for. And I think what this is indicative of is a program that is really being well-coached and really set up for success. So I'm going to get back to that theme here in a second, too. Um, Another big takeaway, of course, you know this, Aiden O'Connell throws into tight windows. He has the ability, tremendous accuracy, to throw into windows that a lot of uh, quarterbacks wouldn't dare do. And on top of that, he doesn't have the biggest fireball of an arm. He's just very confident, and he knows where the ball is going to go. And he'll put it in places that a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't try uh, to put it, whether it's out routes or it's over the outside shoulder on a fade um, or it's inside in the middle of the field. Uh, O'Connell did a tremendous job throwing into tight windows. His accuracy, his completion percentage showed it. I think he's the high, he had the highest completion percentage ever for a Purdue quarterback. That's truly rare error with all the greats that have come through Purdue. Um, but on top of that, another thing I took away from these highlights, which um, – it's a moderate surprise to me, even though I watched the games, was O'Connell is escapable enough. He's elusive enough, meaning 
last year, especially towards the second half of the season, when the play would break down and things weren't going really well for Purdue, O'Connell was good enough at just kind of getting out of trouble. In fact, he's a big, sturdy guy. We saw that. I think he's going to be stronger on his feet this year. He looks like he's in great shape. But his ability to kind of take a, uh, it would be like a, you know, um, uh, a bull rush type of uh, defensive end or tackle, pushing a Purdue player into him, he used to just fall down on those. Last year, he would he would find his way out, keep his eyes downfield somehow, and find um, the Purdue receiver that was available. That's a big deal, and I think it's going to matter a lot. Um, yeah, Greg McManus is here. He said, how much uh, does Lambert leaving for Wake Forest hurt 2022? Did English and Hagen learn enough from him to keep the momentum? Okay, that's a great question. I, I So I was going to get to another thing here in a second, Greg, before you interrupted me. Uh, thank you for thank you for the question. That um, this defense uh, is really, really going to be very good, very stingy, and very large. If you look at Purdue, we've been used to, especially in the last decade, Purdue having some, some try-hard guys, but not gigantic defensive players. Purdue's defensive back is backfield is big this year. The cornerbacks are huge. The starting corners potentially could both be 6-3. That's a big deal. That's unusual. And then the front, these guys look like Big Ten players, of course. They're big and strong. I have an immense amount of faith in Hagen and English. Um, I like Lambert, don't get me wrong, but I have a, an immense amount of faith in those other two. I think you could. I, I think it was still bizarre and weird that there were three defensive coordinators. I think Brom knew that um, Lambert was going to be leaving, or felt that maybe that this wasn't going to last too long, so he was getting the other two ready. But I would take any of those three as a defensive coordinator. Honestly, all of them have great resumes. All of them have have led successful defenses. Um, and uh, I just I think I think the defense is going to be great. I think they. I love the fact, pardon me, I love the fact that the defensive line and linebackers really took on Hagen's uh, personality last year. As you watch the season develop, you saw that come more and more into, into view. I think that group specifically, this is another jumping off point, I think that group, that defensive line specifically, is going to define the success for 2022. And for the first time, in Jeff Brom's time at Purdue, you're going to have an offensive line and a defensive line. The, trench, the trenches are going to be very strong and very deep. Both sides of the ball um, will define Purdue's success. You will remember O'Connell making great plays and uh, maybe Yassin or Sheffield or uh, Rice or Thompson or Tracy, one of these guys making plays. Those are the things you're probably going to remember first. But the difference between this year 2022, in my opinion, if I look ahead, if I'm going to take a, take a bold take, it's going to be Purdue will win games in the trenches like we haven't seen before. We started seeing this in 2021. We started seeing the defensive line being able to just overwhelm other teams. And a lot of people said it was just George Karloftis. Don't get me wrong. George Karloftis uh, is a generational-type talent. He's a great player. Um, he got double and triple teamed all time, all the time. I, I would watch plays two or three times in this reel just to watch Karloftis and ISO and see how much of a difference that made of freeing other people up. But what we saw versus Tennessee, even though the game was a shootout, is you saw Purdue's ability to match up with big bodies. It's there and it's real. And this year, the addendums, the additions of these new players, these transfers coming in, 
in defensive tackle spot specifically are going to be a big difference. Also, Purdue has some defensive ends that I don't think anybody's looking for. They've got some guys that have been redshirted, haven't got a lot of playing time because they were behind Superman. Um, I think Purdue's defensive line is going to be great. I think their offensive line is going to be great as well. And the the really interesting thing about that is you have some young guns coming up there. Um, Mabau and Musa specifically uh, come to mind. But that is a young, talented, strong group of players. So my, my hot take is Purdue wins the games in the trenches this year, not with O'Connell. I think O'Connell is obviously going to be great. I, I don't think there's any doubt. We don't have any reason to believe he's not going to do something similar to what he did last year. But I really believe those, those offensive and defensive lines are going to be a huge story. Got some other questions here. Todd Singer, or statements here. Todd Singer says, I think the depth, both sides are the best since Brahma has been here since 2017. Maybe um, uh, had more top-line talent, but I think there are more options now. That's a great point, Todd. There have been better players, meaning guys that the NFL was attracted to um, before, this, uh, before this year. There have been guys that are like, I'll oh, come into the season, that guy's going to be, uh, he's going to be a draft pick, whatever. But top to bottom, these offensive and defensive lines are uh, great. Let me, let me, let me go to, into something real quickly. One of the big question marks a lot of Purdue fans have and a lot of uh, people, media types, if they're watching Purdue, have is the linebacking core. And it's interesting because the linebacking core has probably the best player on Purdue's team in the unit, uh, unofficially, Jalen Graham. And I chose Jalen Graham as the picture of today's uh, quick cast because watching his highlights, there were some takeaways. Obviously, the guy's acrobatic. He's a tremendous athlete, very nimble. Um, and on top of that, he's strong as a bull. So you've got the probably the best athlete you could argue this. There's a couple other guys who might make it. But probably the best athlete on the roster is a linebacker. But at the same time, linebacking core has some question marks. And what Hagen said is Graham has been dropping back a lot into a hybrid linebacker safety role. And he will do that during the season because his ability to track the ball is incredible. He made plays last year. If you don't remember, you might want to go back and watch highlights. He made plays just getting after the ball and hawking uh, like a free safety, not a strong safety, and surely not a linebacker. For me, though, there's one guy that I think that I'd like to look at, that I'd like to talk about, that it, if the linebackers are going to have a very, very successful year, I think you're going to need one of two things. One, one of the young guys uh, stepping up, uh, a guy that maybe a lot of people don't see coming. Uh, I have a couple thoughts who those might be. I may talk about them later. But the other one is um, Kieran Douglas. To me, if he can stay healthy, he can define this linebacking core because he's got this great attitude, the ability to hit like a truck, um, and he's got a chip on his shoulder. I love him. And I think he could have a, a senior season a lot like Marcus Bailey. If that happens, if he stays healthy and he has that type of season, school's out for Peru's competition because the defense will be good top to bottom. I've already talked about the defensive line. That defensive backfield, guys, that's a, it's a big, capable defensive backfield. One thing that's a bit concerning uh, as a Purdue fan is that Trice isn't completely healthy yet, according to what I'm reading. Um, he isn't back to 100% uh, from his knee injury. That's lousy news. Um, but still, even if Trice doesn't get back to 100% before the beginning of the season, Purdue's still in pretty good hands back there. Uh, they've, got, they've got just depth in the defensive backfield, and they've got guys that are very capable very good size. They look like Big Ten players. They look like SEC players. Let's be real honest. 
so that's that's a that's a real strength. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about with the um, with last year was um, Purdue's inability to salt away games. Okay, this is a huge deal. And if you watch games over and over, it's funny. I watched a, um, a, co- a compilation of these highlights, and in almost every game Purdue won, they said, "Well, that'll be enough. That'll do it." Purdue's going to go on to win. And then there'd be two or three more highlights of that team getting the ball back. Iowa specifically, right? Iowa had three possessions after it looked like Purdue had sealed it because the offense didn't have a good four-minute offense. Didn't have the ability to just run the ball, take time off the clock. And they did it over and over in games they had the lead. So it's a good sign that the offense was getting out in front. It's a bad sign that they couldn't run the ball. So part one is the offensive line being able to bust up holes is a big deal. Part two is who's going to be the running back who can salt that game away. The Central Michigan transfer, I can't think of his name right now, might be a big deal. There's a walk-on who's a tremendous athlete uh, with a great name. I can't remember anybody's name. I apologize. Who might also do a great job. And Doru, let's, let's not discount what Doru is. He's a guy with tremendous vision. He has a lot of tools in, the, in his artillery. He's a, he's a decent blocker, a decent pass catcher. But he doesn't have that top-end speed. That's the thing that kills him, I think, as being a guy who can really do great things. In his great plays, it was always him making a guy miss in the first level and then breaking out and then getting caught from behind. I don't think that's going to change. I like King Daru. I think he's great. I think he's a great Purdue player. I love watching. But he's not a guy that can help a team just eat up the clock very effectively unless the offensive line can bust up huge holes, which they might be able to do. But that, to me, is the difference between Purdue being an 8-win team, a 7-8-win team, and a 9- or 10-win team is the ability to really eat up clock at the end of games when you already have the lead, especially against the teams that are great or the teams that are elite in the conference, that sort of thing. So we'll see, I think, awfully early if Purdue has improved enough to do this and just salt away games and not make them exciting or interesting. Just say, yeah, this one's over. Purdue's up by two touchdowns, and now they're going to dump to the tight ends, and, and the running backs are going to take the game away. And speaking of tight ends, let's, let, let's talk about this group, okay? Let's talk about this group. That is going to be uh, Aiden O'Connell's safety blanket. Uh, last year it was David Bell. This year it's going to be Durham, Millam, Miller, and Paferi. Those three guys, all of them are going to contribute heavily. I think Durham um, kind of throws himself at plays. He's had a history of getting injured and dinged up, which is it's going to happen when you're when you're playing a split role of a of a lineman and a wide receiver, right? You're you're taking some some beating, but even behind Durham, you've got Miller, and then Paferi is a guy who last year I think he had his first college touchdown. He started at quarterback. His career was over there, and he's developed and developed and developed. But that three man rotation with a freshman coming in, who I don't know exactly who that would be, would be a pretty darn good tight end core, and I think they're going to be very important to Aiden O'Connell. Um, one thing I want to do before I close out here, I'm getting close here. Uh, yes, Todd Singer says Kobe Lewis from Central Michigan. Yeah, thank you, Todd. And Kobe Lewis, um, uh, if you've seen pictures of him or video of him, um, he's an interesting story because he was, I think, CMU's number one running back, not last season, the season before. He got injured, and he's had a whole year to lift weights and eat protein because the dude is a beast. If you you'll like to see him in a Purdue uniform, because um, he looks the part. A lot like Doru, a lot of weight and mass in a small space. But I really think Kobe Lewis could be very, very good. I think he's going to be very important to Purdue. Um, Purdue need it. Maccabee is the other guy. Todd, you're a genius. Damn it, you're a genius. Um, Maccabee is the walk-on running back. 
Uh, he got the attention of Golden Black last week after the uh, Community Day. And the interesting thing about Maccabee, if you want to talk about something that's really cool, is not the fact that this guy uh, might do something as he might be the next great Purdue walk-on. And Purdue has had great walk-ons under Jeff Brom. I can think of a couple right off the top of my head. But Maccabee, the really cool thing about him is how much of a steal he was for Purdue. This guy's a beast of an athlete. He was um, state champ, I think, in the uh, he was state champ in two events in track and field, or state champ and runner-up. My son and I were looking at it. Um, so this guy, he's not just a football player. He's a guy with raw athleticism, which is a lot different from the other two guys that are going to take a lot of time. And three, um, you know, they're uh, downing as well is going to take a lot of uh, reps too. But downing, I don't think has been playing as much as a lot. Th- a lot of people thought this fall, but he's going to be important. If you're having just a big back blow up holes and coming with a jumbo package, he's going to be the guy that does big things. Okay, what I want to talk about really quickly though, last, and I know nothing's been quick. We're already close to 20 minutes, and this was just kind of a quick throwaway quick cast. But I had a lot of thoughts, obviously, after watching uh, last year's highlights. But one of the biggest ones, and I said this earlier, was the next man up mentality. When Bell went down, Wright stepped in and made huge plays. And everybody, you know, was like, okay. The future looks great. And then Wright goes down to academic casualty. And then a lot of the media said, okay, well, they're done. Well, you didn't pay attention very well if you believe that. And the reason I say that, of course, is the bull game. Uh, We saw Brock Thompson on one leg play tremendously, make an SEC defensive backfield look absolutely stupid time and time again. And if you don't think that's a good adjective, you didn't watch that game. But Brock Thompson's going to be great. Uh, Yassine had a 200-yard receiving game last year. Rice and Sheffield both are rock solid. And I'm going to just talk about those guys specifically right away because they're the returning core of the wide receivers from Purdue. You have the, the guys that are going to be injected. Tracy is coming in. The, the kid from Auburn's coming in. They're going to be a very good wide receiver core. Sure, losing a wide receiving coach is a big deal. But to me, I think there's a bigger overarching theme, and that is the Brahms' ability to prepare teams, get positions in place, uh, positional uh, players in place, and have guys step up when they're needed. It has happened time and time again. Um, Ancient Astronaut says, I want Brahm to make a hard-nosed, nasty big team. We don't have talent, but we can uh, be the pro- – we don't have talent, but we can be the prototypical Purdue team. Okay, so those things t- kind of contradict – themselves to me. Maybe I'm misreading, but the idea of Purdue being a hard-nosed, nasty Big Ten team and being a prototypical, successful Purdue football team are, are at odds because when Purdue has had successful uh, successful seasons in the past, it's been predicated on passing the ball, slinging it around. I don't care. I mean, help me find it. You have to go back to the 60s, really, when you find a Purdue team that was run-first mentality and successful. Purdue's had run-first teams, when I was at Purdue, they had run first teams. When Coletto was there, when Hazel was there, they had run first teams, but they weren't very good. So Purdue will sling the ball. Purdue will be nasty. I think this is just a personnel issue. I think these guys are ready. I think they are deep enough. I think that's the big thing we talked about last year. If you went back and you looked at some of the things that I had, my thoughts during camp reacting to what Brom said, one of the things he said is, is I want to see depth developed. He kept saying that. He kept saying that. And he got his wish here. I think they must have really hit that hard. Um, Not only, you know, development by fortifying it from transfers. Purdue's done a pretty good job at that. 
but just guys that have been homegrown and have come up through the program. Purdue's lost some along the way, too. That's one thing that's really interesting to me is that I've missed it. I haven't watched the transfer the transfer wire going the other way as Purdue's left. Purdue's lost a lot of guys that were three-star recruits and even higher. But still, the, the roster top to bottom uh, looks quite strong, and I'm very, very confident in what I see going into the, going into the 2022 season. Let's see if I missed anything here. Um, yeah, I'll just talk about this one more time. Uh, the defense, uh, uh, the defensive front was great last year. It was obviously a, uh, an issue of Karloftis being who he was, but I can't stress enough how good those tackles and ends are going to be this year. And it's a different group of defensive ends. I think Purdue doesn't have the defensive ends that were the Joe Tiller type of defensive ends. Obviously they don't have these speed merchants coming off edge that are going to be guys that sack the uh, sack quarterback a lot. But what they're going to do instead is the linebackers are going to come in and they're going to have delay cornerback blitzes. That's one thing Purdue did really successful last year, especially towards the second half of the season, is the cornerback blitz was really, really good for Purdue. And this is one of the things that was installed by that three-headed monster defensive coordinator group. And I think that's going to be even better this year. I think that will be something that Purdue will use more because these corners and safeties are 6'2", six, 6'3", six and can can lay some wood on a quarterback, um, I think that'll be a big deal. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm finally looking forward to seeing Graham play one more year. I think Purdue and Purdue fans, we should be you know dancing in the streets thanking uh, Graham for coming back because I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be all-conference first team, um, and he's been nothing but durable during his time at Purdue. Um, yeah, but thanks for, uh, if you want to look ahead, if we want to talk about something that's coming that I think we can be excited about or that we might need to, if you want to, you know, put your hands on your chin and, and, and pontificate a little bit, who's the guy that becomes the Jackson Anthrop player? Todd Singer, I think it says it'll be Tracy. Um, and I think, I think that's a good theory. I think that's, remember, Tracy's played a little running back in his past at Iowa. Tracy also played uh, peewee football with O'Connell, so there's going to be a connection there. Um, and I think if that's the case, if Tracy becomes this hybrid role that Anthrop was, and I love Anthrop. I always trust in Anthrop. You know that. But if Tracy becomes the guy who steps in for Anthrop, that's another level of athleticism coming out of that backfield that, I'll tell you what, Defensive coordinators didn't know what to do with Anthrop at times last year because he was playing a weird role in the movement of motion, bring him to the backfield, have him squirt out, and then be out in the flat all by himself, and uh, it made some teams look pretty stupid. Tracy will make them look more stupid than Anthrop did because of his high-end speed, his top-end speed. So that's a lot of fun. So thanks for tuning in. If you stuck around the whole time, really appreciate it. Again, check out our sponsors, Martin Vintage, uh, Gridiron Metalworks, and AJ's. We appreciate them. And uh, to you and yours, have a great day. God bless you. Hammer down. We'll talk soon. I'm excited. We're, I think, less than 20 days till the first college football game. And uh, what? That'd make it four weeks away from Purdue. So here we go. Let's go. Hammer down, Boilers.